0: Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. We have an amazing guest for you. We have Sandra Francisco. She's a business coach that helps entrepreneurs go from idea to profit while balancing their personal growth so that they can have true fulfillment, and extraordinary profit. Sandra spent 15 years as a marketing and product development expert for two of Canada's Fortune 10 companies, managing 50 and $100 million projects while leading thousands of people. After making the difficult decision to leave the corporate path, she found herself exploring professional coaching and the dynamics of the human psyche. <laughs> the combination of her eclectic Background in personal and professional development translates to a unique and exceptional understanding of people, from multi-million-dollar business owners to entrepreneurs that are just getting started in business. Sandra, welcome to the She's Invincible podcast. It is so so fun to have you with us today. Let's Thank let's you. do yeah yeah. I'm so excited to have you here. Let's do this. Let's tell our listeners how did you get you know aside from what the bio I just read how did did you get where you are today and what makes
1: you invincible yeah i mean beautiful question i love even the concept of your show i think so many people are but they just don't even know how to define that for themselves so for me i uh, you know i do have you know a commerce background but when i finished university it was the tech boom it was you know dot com Um, And I actually ended up doing a lot of technology and engineering and nothing that I studied, but that's what I ended up going into corporate at first. And then after a few years, I just was itching to do marketing and to do do business because I'm like, I love business. I studied business. I want to get into it. So I made a change at that point. Um, And then um, something that I did not plan happened. It was actually the year before I ended up resigning and leaving corporate I started to experience really severe anxiety where uh, my heart rate was going between, you know, like 140, 160, sometimes higher for three days at a time. So it wasn't a typical anxiety. So it was, was not easy to diagnose. I saw more doctors in a year than I had seen my whole life before that. And eventually I had a doctor say to me, you know, we've tried everything, we've, you know, looked at your heart, your lungs. You really have to accept that this is anxiety. And I felt that the message I was getting is, well, I got to go figure out how to heal myself. It seems like there's nobody here to help me. And in making that decision, I realized, well, I can't take this on healing myself and have this really busy job that's not a nine to five. It, It doesn't even exist. We're talking 12, 16 hour days. So I decided to resign and I went to the bookstore because I thought, well, I got to heal myself. I got to learn what is anxiety? What do I do? And I did find this amazing little book that almost fell into my hand that I followed all the instructions. And eight months later, I, I healed myself completely from anxiety. I've never had it since. This was almost 12 years ago now. So what makes me invisible? It really, um, I think the fact that I, I never give up, although the thoughts come. So it's not that I wouldn't say that I made a steal or I don't think about giving up or I don't feel, you know, sorry for myself. I have all those human emotions, but the next day I take another action. And I just I keep going. I accept the fact that it doesn't have to look perfect, but I just have to process what is and then keep going. Keep what do I do next? What action do I take next? So I think that that's been my biggest lesson, too, over the last 12 years. And I believe that is what makes me, you know, being able to have the courage to keep going through the difficult times, because in my experience, life hasn't been one straight line, just like business is not a straight line. You're going to have your ups and downs. Oh my gosh,
0: I couldn't agree more. And I love what you said about courage. People, when they go through tough times, they feel like, you know, it's so hard and they quit, but it takes more courage to stay in the game and really fight through. And the the other thing you said that I was like, oh, I love this is you said, and the next day, right? So, so you go through these things, right? But you like your span of time is like, by the next day, I am out of this, right? I am up and running and i am back on track and i think that is a key to being invincible is the, the the time between when you go down and how fast you get back up right so and i think that the 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 more you grow the faster that time comes right so some people get knocked out for a lifetime some people got knocked out for a month and you know and now you know i think the more you go through the faster you get up and i think that that's just amazing so i love that you yes. even said that Oh my gosh. So I know you have so many, many great things to share today. And I want to jump right into that. So um, I'd love to have you talk a little bit about, and I know this is your thing, so I'm so fun so fun to learn from you. Um, How do you choose the best idea for you? And I think there couldn't be a better time for this message right now because so many people are being faced with that choice, right? That, you know, maybe their company closed or they downsized or whatever, and that people are actually looking to uh, reinvent, evolve, you know, into the next best thing. So let's dive right in and
1: talk about this topic. Yes, of course. I love talking about this topic. And now when you talk about how to choose the best business idea for you, first, I have to say that there are many people that are aspiring to be entrepreneurs and I see them come across, you know, different mediums, whether it's Facebook groups or on LinkedIn that are at a place where they have a desire, but they don't yet have that idea. And they immediately think, well, there's something wrong with me because what they see in the media or, you know, even business people that tend to speak that, oh, I have this business because I knew what I was going to do. I had clarity from the beginning and I had the idea and then I went forward. I see so many people that actually struggle to find the idea. And that does not mean that you're not meant to be an entrepreneur. That doesn't mean that you're not going to have a very successful business because I have seen that time and time again with my clients. It it totally means that you just need to spend some time and explore so that I just always want to say that message to anyone out there thinking, oh, I wish I could, but I can't even think of an idea or I have all these ideas and I can't make up my mind. So that is why I did even create a free course to help anybody that's in that stage. So the few things that, that I would recommend is make a list of all of your skills, your experience, your talents. And when you first make this list, you're probably going to come up with this. Is what I see with clients, you're going to come up with maybe 10 or 20 and think I'm done. Oh, I couldn't think of anything else. So I always ask for my clients to come up with a minimum of fifty. So if you, if that takes maybe a few weeks, it won't come all at once. And maybe you need to ask. Maybe you need to ask. You know, people you trust. Don't ask that. You know, your coworker that you know really doesn't like you. That's not a good idea. <laughs> ask people you trust to give you their opinion on what are some of my skills, experience, talents that you know that you've experienced with me. And you can grow this list to fifty or more. I've seen it so many times. That's First thing, allow yourself to see all the amazing things that you've experienced, all the things you can give to the world in a form of business. Then take some time and figure out what would be the market value of some of these things. So some for sure, there's going to be some of those skills and talents, experiences that you're going to list that lend themselves more to a job to a, you know, a corporate space, but there's going to be some that there will be market value for that. You could create a service or a product around that. So that's doing some examination of, you know, what's the market need? Can I, you know, you know, price points and doing some of that investigation. And then also looking at the profit for potential for these ideas. So a lot of times I do see that people come to an idea in business because they have such a passion for it. It's their hobby. They love it. They have so much passion and they want to build it, whether it's a product or service, they want to bring it to market. But when they actually do the profit potential, if they... Take some time to look at what could be the potential expenses here. You know, what are people willing to pay for it? And then what is that? How does that translate to profit? Sometimes they quickly realize, well, that's not going to meet my needs. That idea will not, you know, allow me to even leave my job or even be enough to spend the time doing it part time because you have to take time away from whatever it is you're doing to even do something part time. So when you can evaluate that ahead of time, you can make those decisions on the best idea to execute. And also sometimes it's priority because I have definitely have experience where clients are so excited and they want to execute this passion business. But sometimes you need something in the front end. You need to do one of the businesses, one of the business ideas that have a higher profit potential that you still like. I mean, please don't start a business you hate. Who would want to do that? Right. But still something you can enjoy, something you're good at. But maybe you need to build up the funds with something that has a higher market value first until you can actually spend more time to even educate the market on your passion. Because sometimes what I see with passion projects, it's timing. Will it take off later on? Maybe. Is it timing right now? Do enough people or enough market are available there for you to be able to meet the needs, whatever the needs that you have? Maybe not right now. Maybe you have to spend a lot of time, effort or money to educate the market, to create the need. It's not impossible. Maybe it may not be the right time. So it's prioritizing which idea is best for you also at at the right time. So this is the process that, you know, that I take people through and I did, and I'll definitely give you the information. I did create a a, a free course for this because I kept repeating myself and I'm like, no, let me just put this out there so that it's a system and people, wherever they are in the world, they can be able to go in there and know how to create and come up with that. What's the best idea for me, even right now with who I am, with the needs that I have and with the skills that I have and with the talents that I have.
0: I love that. Oh my gosh. And I love what you said about, don't go start a business and doing something you hate. I mean, gosh, there's a million jobs out there. You could do that with, exactly, right? right? Yeah, like why do that for yourself? I love that. Oh my gosh. So, uh, so many golden nuggets here. And I love what you said about like, you know, figuring out how to monetize that. Like, is it even a valuable concept? Is it, you know, something or, or do you have to go do something else? And I, I know for me, I've done that. You know, I worked, uh, you know, another business to, to bring in revenue to be able to help me to fund my next best thing. And so I think that's amazing. And I think you learn so much from doing that. And if that is something you need to do, there's no better way, right? You're not getting handouts. You're actually, you're creating that yourself. And I love that. Oh my gosh. And the free course, we'll make sure we have the um, link in the show notes. So yes. when you're listening right now, you can just click the show notes and hit that link for the free course and it'll take you right to it. And you can go through that process as well. That is amazing. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, the elephant in the room, right? So 2020, uh, that has certainly changed, uh, you know, things in the, in business, in the workforce. So Give us a little perspective on that as far as your, your insight in uh, how it's affected people in business, maybe some uh, ideas for career change other than what you just mentioned. Yeah, what are you seeing, I, yeah, are you seeing sure. out there?
1: It's it definitely a big elephant in the room, right? Yeah, it is the room, right? <laughs> yes. I think we're the little people in that big room. Oh my gosh. Of course, right? It's changed so much. I think that there's a perception out there, uh, it, unless you're in it and you're already building business, you know to be different, but there's a general perception that, uh, you know, business are doomed and oh my gosh, no one's going to want to start a business. Everybody's hanging on to their jobs. That has not been my experience, both in my own community, as well as, other communities that I'm part of, I actually have seen an expansion. I've seen more and more people be interested in starting. Doesn't mean that they have to you know, leave their jobs, but they're starting more part-time. A lot of people have more time. So if you think of just you know, a couple hours a day that they were spending commuting, now they have a couple more hours that they can do something else with. Now, of course, you can do anything you want. You can watch TV. But there's some people that are taking advantage of that and saying, okay, what could I do that I've had a desire for a while? So that's the thing. It's like, maybe for a long time, it's like, I have no time. I go from here to here. I get home and then I've got to do my other things. I have this idea, this desire, but there's no time. Even with just a couple hours now, people are taking advantage of that. And they're starting to see, well, let me, you know, educate myself. Let me see what I can do. And it doesn't mean that they're also starting these huge businesses, leaving their jobs and making drastic changes, but they're starting to start to put themselves out there to market again, a skill of talent or something that they can afford that they have, that they can actually put out that that there's Market value. So I have actually seen a huge amount of creativity last year, even with my private clients that I work with, there was no going out of business. Like we just had to rework. We had to think of like, okay, so, and I have a lot of clients that do have actual business, like physical businesses. I mean, not just online. So there was definitely changes. I worked with a lot of people last year to take what it is they do online when they were not there before. And it did require some Uh, you know, imagination sometimes, because at first we were like, how in the world will this be done online? So we had to be creative. We had to think of new things, but nobody went out of business. And in fact, a lot of my clients did even better than they had done the year before. So if you are hearing that, and, and if you're hearing that, especially if you're like, I really wish I could do something, but now I heard that business is scary and this isn't the time for it. That's hearsay. That's not true. If you've got the desire and you find yourself with a little bit of time, at least start educating yourself and start thinking of what could you do? What, what is there that there's a market uptake for? That even if you started small, you'd start to satisfy that entrepreneurial desire. And that will bring you some fulfillment that you will not get if you don't satisfy that desire. Oh my gosh. And doesn't that
0: raise the vibration? Like all of a sudden when you start to feel satisfied and and you're like chasing what you want, like all of a sudden things start to come to you magically. And I love that. That And it's, you know, I know that's not how it works, but but it is how it works and how we draw on attract. right? There's no magic, <laughs> but yeah, but it feels that way because when you're in your zone, right. And you're, you're going at the highest vibration, like things just show up. You you're talking about them and thinking about them and there they are. And I love that. And I love what you said about, uh, you know, people saying business is scary. Oh, my gosh. If you're listening, if you're talking to people that are saying it's scary, stop talking to those people. <laughs> yes. Go find the people that are killing it and go talk to them for five minutes. Yeah. I think that's such a big uh, thing is like, who are we talking to? Who are we surrounding ourselves with? We need to emerge ourselves into the middle of a group of people that are doing more than we are, that are where we want to be and we need to learn from them. And I love that you said that. Oh my gosh. So great. Wow. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here and to share these messages. So
1: powerful. So uh, let's do this. Let's tell our listeners where they can find you. Yeah. So the best place is actually, if you go to my website, it's sandraifrancisco.com. And right on my main website, you'll see that right on the banner, you can access that free course I was talking about. So that's the best place to get started, to get help right away. Um, And then you can choose to connect with me. There's lots more information there, but that's the best way to get started.
0: And now, a word from our sponsor, Christine Trumbull, founder of Coaching the Climb, understands the challenges of building a successful business. She's faced many of those challenges herself and helped hundreds of clients build successful businesses. With the launch of her new podcast, The Climb with Christine, you will hear the same advice she gives her clients, as well as conversations with experts in a variety of topics, including business health, relaxation, mindset, kids, and fashion. Check it out on iTunes, The Climb with Christine, and be sure to subscribe, download, and give her a rating and review. Awesome. Okay. Well, this has been so fun. And you know, on the She's Invincible podcast, we promise our listeners that we're going to bring fierce female entrepreneurs, and they're going to share all their knowledge and expert zone of genius. And you've done that so, so wonderfully today, but we also promise them that we're going to let them in behind the scenes. See, they have no idea what it took for you to get where you are today. You know, we sit here today face to face and, you know, people see you as the confident, successful woman that you are today. They have no idea who, who the Sandra Francisco was, who started the journey to get here where you are today. And so we're going to let them in right now. So what I would love to do is let's do this. Let's share a good story. I mean, gosh, you're so successful. I know you have a million good stories, but I would love for you to just pick one really great story you could share. I love that you start with the good. Yes. <laughs> so I say that. <laughs> yeah. When people say to me, you know, do you want the good news or the bad news? I'm like, oh, bring me
1: the good. <laughs> I'm going to need Always, this. Right. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yes. So. And I have to say, every good story for me in business has been uh, watching my clients succeed and watching, you know, a spiderweb of, of effect when they bring businesses into the world. You know, in a way, it's like a lot of what I do is watch babies being born, but it happens to be business babies, right? But it's very joyous. So, one story that is a huge highlight for me is actually a client that uh, is making a massive change in society, and I, I do believe that he will be you know, widely known um, and he's in mental health industry. And he is a, he's on a mission to actually make uh, mental health accessible to racialized minorities. And he's only been an entrepreneur for two years, has achieved great success while most of that time until recently, he had a full-time job. So this was all done part-time. He now has over 20 practitioners in his in his business. And these people, these practitioners are consultants, psychotherapists and counselors. They're consultants in his business. So they have been able to leave jobs that they were getting paid less money and spending more time time at they're getting paid more with less time helping the people they want to be helping. So it's created this huge spiderweb, Uh, impact that's just started too. I can see he's just going to grow and grow and grow. And when we first started uh, together, he was exactly that person that had a whole bunch of ideas, but had no idea what to do. So he'd come to me. He's like, okay, I'm down to five. Could you help me get started? And in two years, he's now literally going to change so many people's lives. And that to me, I, I mean, it's just heartwarming at all levels. Those are the best stories for me. Oh, I love that.
0: I lo- and I love what you said your birthing business is. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> new birth is always fun and exciting, right? No matter what's birthing. Good for you. That is amazing. Love that story. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the band.
1: Do you have a band story? Oh gosh, so many, Uh, just as many as good. Really? Like it's the same. I I think we get caught up too sometimes in our world, like we need it to be good, especially in business early, you know, young entrepreneurs, like new to entrepreneurship, they tend to think there's something wrong with them when something goes wrong, but it's like, no, that's part of life. Like you're going to have good days and bad days. You're going to have, you know, good business years and bad business years. That's, that's the norm. So um, one story when it comes to, you know, what I would put under that category and is when I first started coaching. So I started consulting first. That's how I started my business with organizations and really still focused on bringing products and services to to life. That's been my expertise for 20 years, like birthing things into the world. And, uh, you know, when I started coaching, which found me, it was actually a client that said to me, I want to continue to work with you, but our, consulting contract is complete and this concept of coaching came to me and I'm like what is this even right and then when I started to just be in presence I loved it and and then my intellectual mind you know ego got in the way and said okay well let's look what other people that are called themselves coaches are doing and I started to compare and I started to see oh okay this is how I this doesn't feel right to me. Like, oh, but this is what a coach is. And it has to look like this. The brand has to look like this. Sales has to look like this. And it got to a point after over a year that I started to really not enjoy coaching anymore. So I had to sit down and realize what happened. I remember. Being in love with this, I remember looking forward to getting coaching clients and being like, because I was still i was still consulting and it was still like a side thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, your coaching clients. So much fun. I love it. And then when I tried to make it look like somebody else, I was resenting it. And I was like, maybe I should stop. I'm going to stop coaching. And thank God that I didn't. And I I actually had an amazing mentor and I loved, you know, when I reach out for help and there's people there to help you that was really able to speak it back to me and say, wait a second. So the problem here is that you were trying to be something that you're not, you're never going to be happy. You're never going to be happy being something that you're not. So how would you, if you continue to coach, how would you coach that you would just be happy? And it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. And then I defined it that way. And this is almost five years ago now that I moved over to coaching that I'm like still in complete joy when I'm in presence with clients and in coaching, but I do it my way. And it may not look like anybody else. It doesn't mean I'm better. doesn't mean that, you know, I'm better or worse than anybody else, but it just means I could only do it my way. But it was sad. I think, you know, taking that diversion into almost giving something up that I love because I thought I had to be a certain way.
0: Oh, that's such a great story. And I know, you know, like you said about comparing, right? You were comparing and, you know, women do that. I, I don't know why we're wired that way, but we are. Men don't do that. They don't care what the next guy's doing, they right? But women do that. And that's that's exactly why we started this podcast was because women compare themselves. And so they're comparing like their, their beginning of their journey to you, right? At the pinnacle of success over here. And you're never gonna come up like that. And so I love that, love so much. So um, I know that had to be very uncomfortable to be trying to do it someone else's way, right? Because it's like trying to wear somebody else's pants that are two sizes too small, right? (laughs) It's like uncomfortable. (laughs) And yeah, so, or like, you know, cooking in someone else's kitchen, right? Like that's uncomfortable. So I love that, that you were like, and thank God, you're right, that you noticed and realized and that you had a mentor that you could go to and they could get you to the other side of that. I wonder, you know, as we're sitting here, how many people, women have gone through this? and given oh, up that you could encourage right now to get back in the game. And, you know, maybe it was their their story too, that they were trying to do it like everyone else, you know, I I always say this, that there's, you are the only one that can do what you do the way you do it. And there are people out there that need it exactly how you do it and no one else can. And so I love that you really just define that and just kept going and that you're blissing, right? You're in your joy and helping people. And I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, People are trying to build income, which there's nothing wrong with that. But I think if you build impact and if you create impact, the income just follows and you never have to think about it. And so I love that you did that for yourself and for your clients. And now you're all enjoying the rewards of that. Ah, well, whew we got to talk about the ugly <laughs> oh my gosh right you know and and everybody has it and this is what i love about it is that as successful entrepreneurs we don't focus on the ugly, right? We kind of like throw out the experience. We remember the lesson and it, and when we look back, it's usually the thing that we're like so grateful for. It's the ugly that makes us and molds us into the most successful people that we can be. And so I would love to hear one of your ugly stories so we can share with our listeners.
1: Yes. Right. And I think to go to the ugly story, like when you, you know, when I think of the word ugly, it's like, it right away popped into my mind, like how I would connect that. So I'd have to go all the way back to when I was leaving corporate, because that's the the moment that defined everything for me. And so when I did decide to resign, because I felt like I was so identified with my job, like I will transparently say, uh, I thought I was my title. And I, and I was always looking at the next title. And that was my life. I thought forever I would be there and retire in corporate and that's it. And it had to be this way. I guess I had a purpose over here. So when I went in and I resigned with my VP because no one knew what was going on with me so for the entire year that i was going through these episodes um nobody knew nobody had any idea that anything was going on with me so i had to tell him why because he didn't want to take my resignation he's like what what's going on. So I said, well, you know, this is what's been happening over the year. And as soon as he heard the word anxiety, it was like, Oh, okay. 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 You know, like you can go. And then he said this to me, just as I was leaving his office, he said, Sandra, he's like, I promise you, I will never tell anybody what happened and why you're leaving. And I thought, and I was, you know, I was still in high anxiety at this time. So I wasn't quite clear brained anyways, but I, I left the office. I started walking outside and I remember feeling it was cold. It's cold in Canada and feeling this like cold air in my face. And it kind of almost snapped me out of it. And I was like, Oh, I should be ashamed of having anxiety it but I realized he was just putting the shame in like he's like oh I won't tell anybody we won't want anybody to know that you'd ruin your career by leaving for anxiety and I didn't know what to do with that but I always remember that moment and, and I'm grateful that it was almost a separation like I didn't take it but I saw it like I could see it and as I you know started to heal myself and, and that's what started my journey into personal growth and I always remembered that and It helped me to have compassion for my clients. It helped me to understand shame and how people take on shame and how other people can bring it onto your world and how to help people exit that out. So how to ask the questions of when was the first time someone sent this to you? So it it was, it, it's so defining for me, but it was definitely, and I don't mean this man tried to do something harmful, like with all great intent, like he had all great intent, but this is what happens. This is what happens. People will put shame on you. And if you're unconscious to it, you just take it. Mm -hmm never let anybody shame you. Right. Oh my
0: gosh. And he, I'm sure he didn't even know what he was doing either, but you're right. Like that is the, you know, as you're climbing the corporate ladder that, that kind of is the environment and the thought process. And that in itself is enough to make you want to run the other way because that is not the way it should be. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm so glad that you didn't allow that to like really, uh, take root or implant in your heart or your mind, and that you were able to just put things in order and continue to, to grow and make the impact that you're making in the world today. And that is amazing. And I'm so glad to have you here. So before we wrap up, I'm actually going to ask you two questions today because one, I'm just dying to hear. And the second one is one I love to ask. So my first question is, uh, and I know you're going to, what you're going to reference to, but what is the one book that you read in, uh, in your life that has changed your life?
1: So the, um, Okay, so I feel like I have to say two, right? Because I know right? when you said what I'm gonna reference to. I'm like, okay, I know what yes. you mean. So I yes. will say, because if anybody is listening to this episode and they're like, what did you do for anxiety? Right. Because I yes. hear people, whenever I tell my story, people always say, You healed yourself in eight months. What did you do? So that book was called Hope and Help for Your Nerves. It's by Claire Weeks. It's actually when I read it 12 years ago, she had already passed away 40 years. So it's an incredibly old little book, but you can find it. It's in publication. So that's that book that helped me to heal. But I have to say, the significant book that I read recently, uh, like uh, shortly after that, that helped me to change my mindset was actually by Byron Katie, which is Loving What Is by Byron Katie, which gives you a different perspective of thoughts, how to question your thoughts, question, is it really true, and focus you around the fact that it's a friendly universe, unless we think it not to be.
0: Oh, that's so powerful. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And I definitely was thinking the one that ha- that helped you heal yourself because we left them hanging. I'm like, you're yes. going to want to know that. <laughs> We're going to get lots of questions. Okay. And fi- the final one is, uh, just finish this sentence for me. It, the world would be a better place if more people knew blank.
1: If more people knew that love can truly heal and not as a cliche and not as an, oh, what does that mean? But that anytime you can offer love to somebody, and sometimes we can't because we are humans, most of us are still living inside of our egos, me included, but I can offer love to my clients because they don't trigger me. People in my personal life, I'm gonna have some challenges here and there. And I may not always show up with the you know love for them because I'm gonna have challenges. But anytime that you can offer love to a stranger, to anybody in your world, that actually will heal you because you're actually showing up in the essence of who you are. So take the opportunity. Don't feel bad. Don't don't you know feel bad that, oh, I you know have this colleague and have an issue. I'm not loving them. I have a problem with my relationship. I'm not loving them. It's OK. Just be you. But if you're in a grocery store and you can help pay for somebody that you can see is struggling, take that chance because you get to be your essence of love. I love that you know,
0: it goes back way back to the song, right? All you need is love. It just fixes everything, doesn't it? Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being here, being with us. This is Sandra Francisco all the way from Canada. And if you're here listening with us today, thank you so much for being a listener and a supporter and follower of this amazing She's Invincible podcast. But I don't know where you are in your life or your business. But if you're face down on the ground right now, get back up, girl, get back up. You can do it. Beautifully said.